This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. A number of guests are coming up this hour, Mr. Durham. Uh, yes, Ron Green Jr. will be here. Global Golf Post, outstanding publication. Great insight on not just the PGA, but LPGA and all of golf, amateur and worldwide. Uh, kind of friend of ours, member of the club, the whole bit. Uh, Mike Norvell will be here, bottom of the hour. Florida State spring game is one of about a half dozen on ACC Network uh, this weekend. So we're looking forward to talking to the football coach of the Seminoles. Already named Jordan Travis, the starting yeah. quarterback in Tallahassee. And then Kayla Trainer in the 8 o'clock hour, the women's lacrosse coach at Syracuse. We'll get caught up with Kayla, see how her first season for the Orange is going. Syracuse has number one North Carolina this weekend. Oh, boy. Good stuff. Uh, all right, we started the program today talking about a variety of things, but what we were looking for was one sentence to describe your school's basketball season. One sentence, one word. We've gotten a soliloquy. <laughs> yeah, we don't need a dissertation or any conspiracy theory. And again, if you're really creative, you can do it in one word. Right. But you get one sentence to That's break it, it down. Yeah. Whether you finish the top of the league, bottom of the league, going nowhere fast, or feel like you own the place. That's it. Either way. 844-SAY-ACCN. We start the call log with Carlos in Kentucky. Carlos, good morning. Welcome to Packer and Durham. Good morning, guys, and thank you so much for taking my phone call. I'm going to make this real brief and quick, but, you know, earlier you guys were talking about the Masters, and I had to throw a name in a hat if I could, and that name would be Justin Thomas. Uh, it's my pick. Of course, he's a graduate of St. X High School here in Louisville. He went sure. to uh, Alabama, but he's still a Louisvillian right. as far as we're concerned. But as far as basketball season is concerned, it's, I have to say one word would be disappointing and hopeful. Well, that's two words. <laughs> that's all right. But, uh, yeah, you're, but, you're kind but, of teetering um, both ways. Looking, the things yeah, are looking positive. You know, we, we're on the right track, and I just hope that uh, you'll go, go ahead and hire Josh Hurd as the AD because I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. Carlos, well thank you for the phone call. Yep. And um, I, I think Carlos kind of captures exactly where Louisville fans are. Certainly, I mean, the stand, that's why I keep saying Louisville needs to be good in the league, in hoops, right? It's like the same thing I talk about Miami and Florida State right. in football. There are certain traditions and histories yeah. that have to be rekindled. And Louisville basketball, and I know the whole NCAA thing, we have no earthly idea what they're going to do. Uh, but I do get a sense, just talking to Louisville fans, that Kenny Payne was a really, really good hire as far as people going, all right, he's one of our own. He kind of gets who we are. I, we understand he's a great recruiter. Uh, the Nolan Smith news eventually becomes, becomes official here at some yeah. point in time. I think makes a ton of sense from a right. recruiting perspective, a natural fit, a tie to the history uh, with his dad being a great player at Louisville. So I, I think Carlos is spot on. I, yeah. I think that if you look at Louisville, hey, are you where you want to be? No, but yeah. that's okay. Because you know what? To, to dream about winning national titles, it's not a pipe dream at Louisville. Mm -mm. They've been there, done that. And that can certainly happen again. Yep. It's a great basketball market. Uh, social media has been fun for this topic, too, about uh, one sentence describing your team's basketball season. Uh, at Robin Knows, 
real estate, I think, the new girl, back-to-back-to-back <laughs> to back to back ACC champs. Talking about NC State's women and, of course, Wes Moore's terrific run here for NC State, especially as it relates to winning the ACC crown back. Yep. A great program, yeah. championship DNA, and I still go back to the game that knocked them out against UConn. Right. It was one of the best games you saw in the entire tournament, yep. men or women. It was a great display of women's basketball. Uh, it was. George in North Carolina chimes in next. Hello, George. Hey, Carolina's Hubert Davis, first class coach, first year coach. Oh, all right. I like the sound of that. I think that uh, Hubert Davis, and I said a little bit this yesterday, I think the passion and the intensity, I think these were all unknowns when he took the job. And as the season developed, I think people really got to see kind of what the core pillar of Hubert Davis is as a basketball coach. I think Carolina fans liked it. I think they liked it a lot. Sure, it helps you win. We yeah. all know that. You think? But I think they also like seeing – that guy, that kind of guy following Roy Williams, understanding the legacy of that program. The run to the Final Four is magnificent, and it's a great start point. There's no doubt about it. But do you agree with that, the personality piece I, of it? I th What I liked the most about it from what we do for a living is you saw improvement. I mean, I, I thought that team, when you take a look at where North Carolina was at the end of the year yeah, versus any point in time, first half of the season mm – -hmm. You saw some games you went, man, we just don't look competitive, right? It just, right. We just don't look like everybody else. But you saw this team get better, physically tougher, better execution, fun to watch. Uh, I mean, Hubert's always had a great personality. He was on ESPN for God knows how long. He yeah. understands the Carolina way, if you will. Been part of it for a long, long time. So I think if you're a North Carolina fan, you, you like the fact that, hey, we got a young guy that knows what we're all about, and we saw such marked improvement. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, what you did to Coach K and Duke never hurts either if you're a North Carolina guy. Correct. So, I, I know that there were a lot of boxes checked from a North Carolina perspective. And I think Hubert will get better as a coach, to be honest with you. I, so, too. You know, you got to jump in the water and get wet first and then realize, okay, now, all right, been there, done that. How do we get better? That's the one thing North Carolina did as the year went on, West. They got better. Mm -hmm. That's what good teams do. And I think, too, he mentioned this in the press offer on Sunday. Things have moved so fast in his first year. Because remember, Roy retires, Hubert's named the head coach, and next thing you know, because of the portal, because of the roster upheaval pack, it's station to station. I mean, it's day to day. He really has not had a chance in one year to pause and reflect because any other time, you know, there was the season going on, there were preparation for games. He gets to take at least a week or so here to kind of downshift and go, okay, what worked for us? What do we need to change? Because the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to have to go through that orientation with your team again next year to get to a point where everybody buys in, right? It doesn't seem like moving one chair over makes a difference. Oh, man. But it does. It's a whole different and, universe. And here's the thing, too. Cautionary tale to Duke, right? Well, I mean, and, and Duke fans will go through that, that go through the, the highs and the lows. Yep. And you're going to have them. It's just the it's nature of the beast. And, yep. uh, I mean, Coach K is brilliant and awesome and one of the greatest legacies we're ever going to see. Yep. But John Shire will have to basically forge his own path with his style. Uh, Shannon Tootin on social media describing uh, her team season, at least we aren't South Carolina. <laughs> 
Clemson men, Clemson women, at least 30% of our wins were in conference. You know, I, I, what, what do I always tell you about Clemson and South Carolina? It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter what the sport is, man. There's constant. It's just a nonstop oh deal. God. Just the way it works. Yeah. All the way right. It works. Steve in Virginia. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for holding. Good morning, you guys. Love your show. Um, Thanks. I, I'm Very a Hokie, and my sentence is, since joining the ACC, Virginia Tech has won numerous ACC championships, football, wrestling, golf, track and field. But by winning the ACC tournament title, Virginia Tech is now a legitimate, bona fide, card-carrying member of the ACC. We're very happy. Wow. Wow. So that, that was the validation. That, that was the validation was winning basketball. But I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, I do. And, yeah. and, and, and I say, now let me just say this. I'm going to say this now as an alum, not as a uh, employee of ESPN slash ACC network. Yeah. You know, when you do win a championship like mm-hmm. that, yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I, I'm a graduate of an institution that's been in the league since dirt. We don't have one of those. Yeah. Wes, yeah, I know. since the 50s. I know. We, we don't have one of those. I know. You've only played for the title three times. Too. So, I get yeah. it. So, for Hokie Nation to look at that as like, oh, my gosh, we've arrived. I totally understand. Right. Totally get it. Uh, Kendall Howell, social media. Kendall, thank you. The Wahoos were a good yet deeply flawed team. I agree with that. <clears throat> I think that's spot on. Spot on. I think it's going to be interesting. We're we're watching Virginia composition this year. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that roster looks. They got a couple of guys in the portal, spot reserve guys, but nonetheless, a couple in. And recruiting class and transfer, how does that look for Virginia in terms of support for some of those young guys they got coming back? What I like is the fact that you have a brilliant coach in Tony Bennett oh, that knows it has to get better. Absolutely. That, that's what I, you know, just reading yeah. some of his comments after the season, mm-hmm. I think if you're a Virginia fan, it's comforting to know that, hey, not only do we have a guy that knows how to get it done and has been consistently terrific, yeah. but he also knows that what we had this year uh, from a status quo standpoint yeah. is not good enough. Yeah. That's what I would be encouraged by if I was a Virginia fan. Pack, off to the land of Lincoln for our next call. Nice. Tim, Illinois, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Keep up the great well, work. Thank you very much. Yes, so my Tar Heels. Okay. Uh, just finished uh, Dean's Domain book, great book. That's how long I've been around. Uh, my okay. sentence is just this. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Hmm. I, think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of value to patience and a lot of value to building being seen by Carolina fans. I think they got – I mean, look. How much can you ride the wave and the momentum? And again, here's that word. You use if. I talk about momentum. How much value is there? How much ride is there in this? I thought Seth Green, and I got, I don't know about you, but I got some text yesterday about what Seth said about guys coming back because of name, image, and likeness. That, I mean, he, he kind of broached the topic with Armando Baycott and Caleb Love. I think a lot of people who followed the ACC thought it was a foregone conclusion. Those guys would go to the draft. That, maybe they still do. Who knows? But it, it is precisely why I always mock people who come out with their stupid way too early polls because you have no earthly idea <laughs> right. what a roster is going to look like in October. Right. 
I, I hope they, again, from a selfish standpoint, somebody that loves college sports, and I mm-hmm. said this for both college football, college basketball, or any other sport, I hope they all come back. Yeah. Again, the, you know, if you're good enough, the money's there for you. It, you know, you don't have to chase the money. It'll chase you if you're that good and that talented. I hope they all come back. And I say that from a purely selfish Absolutely. standpoint. Yeah, the league will be better in Carolina certainly. And if they just and if he or she decides to go to the next level, man, I wish you the very best. Yeah. I hope you catch it. I hope you get make a trillion dollars, have an awesome career. But from a from a college sports fan's perspective, which is where I am, yeah, I hope they all come back. Yeah. The Packer and Durham Podcast. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Hey, don't forget women's lacrosse coming up Thursday night, 7 o'clock, ACC Network, number seven, Duke visits Virginia Tech. They'll be at Thompson Field in Blacksburg for our coverage right here on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. There you have it, sir. Is, that, is this a, your walk-up music, Wes? Yep, sure is. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Absolutely my walk-up music. Are you serious? Come on, man. Uh, man, how good is this? Come on, let's go. You know what I do? I, I would love to take Chester and Fuller to Augusta and just let them run wild. Would, would you? Just let them run wild. Yeah, how do you think Through the go? ropes. Hey, Tiger, hold on a second. <laughs> Chester. Chester's got a pimento cheese yeah. sandwich in his mouth. All right. Uh, here is, uh, in, in my opinion, one of the most talented golf riders in American sports is Ron Green Jr. He's yeah. a member of the club. Right, you yep. got to be in the club if you're going to be on this show, Ron. You got to be the son of somebody if you're going to be on the show. So welcome. And by the way, Pac, look at the corporate bridging he is doing for you personally on this show today. As a uh, fellow SiriusXM employee, I, I've always wondered where we ended up putting all those cheesy SiriusXM strip things down there. Now we realize we just dumped them all at Augusta. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Good morning, Ron. Ron. What's I can up? bring it back for you. No, I'll bring no, it no, back no. for you if you want. No, I, I know that we. I used to make every time they used to send us on the road. We used to have to schlep these things. We had like two or three of them, and one would never work. One would work, right? But they were such a pain to put up and take one. So I've not seen one in years because we've not been on the road in years. So now I know that Ron Green's been hoarding them over there <laughs> on the PGA Channel. So I'm glad you guys uh, got them, and I'm glad Augusta is loaded up with them. Let me awesome. let me say that I want to make this official. Ron Green Jr. is with the Global Golf Post, which in my opinion is one of the best digital publications that covers the sport not just the pga and the lpga all levels of it all around the world as the title implies so good to have you with us and uh let's just as the temperament of the event changed as of uh yesterday oh i don't know about 11 o'clock when the man got behind the microphone said yeah i'm playing uh yeah it's sort of like you know springsteen say saying, give me a guitar, I'm going to join you on stage right now. I, it's just, it's different. I mean, it's, it's just when you think, I mean, his whole career has been mount. you know, most people's careers are mountain. Well, Tiger's building a whole mountain range with the things he's done. And now this is another mountain. I mean, we didn't see it coming. I don't know when he made the decision to go from game time decision to, hey, I'm going to play or planning to play, but I'm glad he did. I mean, it was like Monday here. It was like like the ground tilted toward him. He was playing with Freddie and playing with Dust, uh, Justin Thomas, and it was just it was crazy. It was like a 
a, set, a Sunday when he was in contention in 19 or, or any of those other years. It just, uh, you know, it, it's the, a cliche, obviously, but talking about moving the needle, well, Tiger truly is the needle. I mean, he is, uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about the fact they were going to have a Masters without Phil Mickelson. Oh, yeah, you have to remind yourself that because now we got a uh, Masters with Tiger. Uh, Ron, all right, so handicap the field. All right, well, if you want to throw Tiger in there, knock yourself out. But give me three names that we should pay attention to. And you got to well, listen, this field is wide open. So give me the three that you think really you, it would stun you if they don't have a great week. Uh, let's start with John Rahm. I think he's like been top 10 here four straight years. I mean, he's just built for major championships. Uh, I really like his chances. It's a major championship. Brooks Kepka is going to be there somewhere. He's going to be around it. I mean, he's just, I mean, he hangs around like that ivy. I can't get cut out of my backyard. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, it's Justin Thomas. I, I, I'm big on Justin Thomas right now. Now, that's not to dismiss Scotty Scheffler, who's suddenly the number one player in the world. And I'm going to be watching Tiger like everybody else, getting my shoes muddy on Thursday. But uh, I'll go with those three. All right. So you've already named your favorite ACC player in the field with Kepka, right? Uh, and we did a little pool here on this show. We do it every year. It's kind of we pick an ACC player and a non-ACC player. Um, Webb Simpson is a fascinating study at Augusta because he just kind of is there, right? I mean, you, they don't get two pages in and you see Webb Simpson there. It's a little bit like Louis Oosthuizen, right? It's kind of weird, Ron. But what is it about Webb Simpson and this golf course in your mind? I think he's learned to play it and play it differently. Now, first of all, he's been dealing with a neck issue, kept him home for about a month or so. So he hasn't played as much golf this year as he normally would. But he's back healthy again. I think in the same way Zach Johnson won the Masters years ago by never going for par fives, playing to his strength, laying up to wedge it up there close, I think Webb has learned how to play the Masters and play Augusta National. He's not the first guy you would think because it's such a power. Uh, there's such an advantage for power here. But – I think he is he's really seasoned. He he doesn't try to do more than he than he knows he can. Uh I would like for him to have had a little more competition before this Masters, but he's a guy who he's won enough things winning the US Open, winning players. He knows how to handle the big moments. So if he can put himself there, I mean he's a guy who I don't think is going to go backward. Ron, I've told folks before who've never been that it's one of the very few sporting events that if you didn't know the difference between a Titleist golf ball and a seven iron, <laughs> you could go spend the entire day, walk out and go, you know what? That was one of the coolest things I've ever done. I mean, it's that kind of special place. I know that people that don't follow golf hear that and they go, oh, I'll pack with that sappy nonsense again. But there is some truth to what I just said. And with that said, two-part question. Number one, how many times have you covered the Masters? And number two, when you walk on the golf course for the first time, where's the first place you go? Uh, this is Masters number 41 for me. And when you wow. cover 40, they give you what they call the Masters Major Achievement Award, which I'll actually get tonight at the Golf Writers Dinner. Uh, um, maybe the best part is I have a parking spot with my name on it in the media parking area. And it's the one closest to the gate, closest to the building. Some of that's because there's no A, B, C, D, E, F before green. So that helps me this year. But, yeah, 41, if you combine that with the 60 my father covered, yeah. uh, that gives us 101 masters. So uh, that's a lot of pimento cheese. And uh, then uh, first place I go, well, when you get up there and you 
stand up near the first tee behind the clubhouse there under the tree or whatever. You, you just look out. I, I just, it's just this whole, it just pulls you in. It's like, like looking at the Rocky mountains or something. It's just different. And I, I like everybody else. I gravitate and go down to Amen corner and look at it and imagine the shots. And this year, look at the new 11th hole. That's uh bigger and brawnier as if it needed to be. Uh, and then, uh, and then I usually go looking for a snack. Was that was that singular or plural? Uh, you know, they have really good popcorn here. Really good Masters popcorns. Uh, my daughter, who she just loves the Masters moon pies, and uh, you know things you can't get there. You know, you go spend your seventy five cents and fill yourself up. What is the one thing that is generational? Do you think about this event? This is an America. I mean, there's no event like this. I mean, you've traveled worldwide to do this. I mean, there's nothing like this event anywhere where the ticket demand, the demand exceeds the the availability. I mean, every year, people are now, they've taken the, and you know this from last week, people are now taking the Augusta Women's Amateur and moving it to a level that no other amateur event goes to, Ron. I mean, is it the place? Is it the event? Is it, what is it? Well, I think it's all of the above. I, mean, I think the place is is magical. And if you've been here, you know, outside the gates of Augusta National looks about as different. You know, you could put it in Myrtle Beach and, and not even notice. But you come in here and it's this wonderland. I mean, it's... It, and it just gets better and better every year. And the commitment to detail, the commitment to quality they have here. Uh, I mean, granted, when you have what feels like an unlimited budget, you can do a lot of things. But it just, there's, there's such a beauty to the place. And, you know, it was a nursery. And you walk around there and I'm my yard will tell you I'm not a horticulturist. Uh, <laughs> most of what I know about bushes is trying to find my titleist underneath them. But you walk around here and you see things, and it's just it's just gorgeous. And yeah. then, because it's the same place every year, and it, it's sort of like the Kentucky Derby. I may not follow horse racing all year, but once a year, I look in on that. Well, people who don't follow golf know the Masters, and they look and they know the twelfth hole, they know the history, they know Bubba hit that shot from out of the trees, they know Tiger's one here, uh, you know, they know Jordan Spieth is one here. I think all of that, uh, I think the fact that it's hard to get here and uh, they don't sell their merchandise anywhere, but here you can't just go online and uh, order up all the shirts you want. Uh, it's just it's just developed over the years. It is, uh, it's the coolest week of the year for what we do. By the way, I just got a text message. Uh, some big cheese down there at Augusta just said, hey, tell Ron Green to change that Sirius XM sign to green. Because that blue one does not fit the Augusta prototypical standards. Just give you a heads up on I'll that. Tell Ta- I'll tell Taylor Zarger to get on it right now. Yeah, yeah. you guys knocked that out. Well, listen, congratulations on 41, my man, and all That's your awesome. great work. And oh. I hope your dad's doing well and all that good stuff. You yep. guys are great for the game of golf. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. It should be a fun week. And uh, now that we've moved past that basketball season, I'm still trying to settle down my family. It was, it was quite a... An emotional few days for uh, for some people in Carolina Blue. Yeah, it was. All right, Ron. Take care, my man. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you. All right. You bet. 
Talented, a talented family right there. Now. Oh, my God. His dad's dad. a great rider. Ron's incredible, too. Ron Green Sr., for those that grew up in the ACC footprint, has written words and paragraphs about golf and college football and college basketball life. and NASCAR you and life yeah. that uh, he's a proud member. We're proud to have him in this club. Yeah, he's a good dude. He now. is a great guy. Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Pack, this is like a football Saturday for you, you know? Buffet. Oh, my God. Lunch. I mean, look, this is this dinner. is 12 hours of spring football coming up on Saturday. BC at 11, Clemson at 1, Carolina at 3, Florida State at 5, NC State at 7, and Pitt at 9. What's the old saying they use? Pay the big money for the marketing? Pull up a chair? It's a full day of spring football right here on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. We're going to focus in on that uh, 5 o'clock start right now. Let's go to Tallahassee, shall we? Wait a minute. We got, we got, we got to play the man's walk-up music because last time we had Mike Norvell on, we asked him, walk-up music. And this is what Coach Gates. <laughs> so now he's got the official walk-up music for his ninth appearance on Packer and Durham. Oh. Head coach of the Florida State Seminoles. Be Mike Norvell. Coach, good morning. So you know, you see how the walk-up music just brings a smile to everybody's face. It's a, it's, it's, it's a great a great start to the day. Hey, I, I don't. I want you to know this now. Nine appearances means you're one away from the ceremonial Packer and Durham mug. Yeah, ten mug club. You're yeah. one appearance away, Coach. One away from so, getting that. Listen, you can't buy these anywhere. <laughs> Literally, you can't buy them anywhere. Uh, all right. Five o'clock spring game, Garnet and Gold, Saturday afternoon. Uh, and we were joking during the break here. Hey, welcome to normal spring football. Finally, right? You feel pretty good uh, about all this? Absolutely. It's been uh, it's, it's been great to get get into that routine. And you know, really for our for our team as a whole. I mean, this is the this is the second full spring practice and, and basically off season that we've been able to experience. Uh, yes, there were a lot of challenges, you know, in, in uh, a year ago, but, you know, at least they got a sense of what to expect. And for our guys, the uh, the confidence they've been able to show in understanding the expectation, uh, the competition that we've been able to, uh, uh, you know, continue to develop and whether it's with the newcomers that have come in and the guys that uh, are returning, we had a lot of production that's coming back on our football team and seeing the positive steps and growth that they've shown. I mean, and it's been a uh, it's been a fun spring and one that uh, you know it's uh, we've had a lot of intensity, a lot of work, and uh, you're excited about uh, the steps that we're taking. Coach, you told us uh, during the break before we brought you on that you got 23 newbies, if you will, the newcomers that uh, have early signees and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how big of an advantage is it to have that many? Because I mean, that to me is like almost stealing that you could get that kind of experience in the spring with so many young players. Oh, I mean, it's huge, and you have the we have. Uh, 10, you know, the 10 transfers that came in and then 13 early enrollee high school players. And uh, for them to have that, that the understanding and to, to really be able to go through the transitional process uh, you know, without games there you know, stacked in front of you, to be able to, to go through the winter program, to see the strength, the development, uh, but really more importantly, just the relationships. And to, to, for us to see players helping coach players because they understand um, you know, the standard, 
and they understand the expectation and kind of help them through that process. Uh, you know, it's been it's been big for us, and for to see those guys coming together. Uh, you know, one of the things we've talked about as a, as a football team is seeing a team that is competing with each other, not just against each other. It, it's you know whether it's you know offense versus defense, whether it's uh, you know, guys at position, they're competing for the same spot. You you see the encouragement, you see the support, you you you, you see the way that they're approaching every day. Um, you know, it's some it's pleasing for for our coaching staff to have that type of mentality, and uh, you know they've earned that throughout the uh, the winter program. All right, some new faces on the coaching staff as well. That seems to be just kind of part and parcel of this process now, doesn't it? There's guys moving on, uh, one reason or another. Other guys come in. Take us through that kind of continuity, though. I see a lot of familiar faces, though, from when you started this process, so I got to believe that you're feeling pretty good about where that side of it is. Yeah, and I think it was something that's critical for our program. You know, we needed we needed for that to, to see that continuity. We needed for uh, your know, players. There had been so much change, you know, in in previous years for them to have a, a sense of of expectation to to you know have the relationship with the coaches and you know even with a couple coaches you know uh, you know going to different opportunities. You know, having guys on staff like Randy Shannon, who's who's now our co DC linebackers coach. I mean, there's still a familiarity because of the time that he was this was here here this past season. You know Tony Tokar's uh, being being promoted to our, our quarterbacks coach. Alex Atkins now our OC. Right. Um, you know the roles have changed, but the relationships are, are have already been established, and you know that's uh, that's really helping you know, our guys. And I, I think that you see. Uh, I keep using the word confidence, but I mean I, I think you see that because of your know, understanding expectation. And you know when you when you when you have a a, a foundation that has been built, and now it is about the, the finer details. You know being able to to continue to grow and develop you in that, I mean, you see an accelerated process. All right. Did Alex and Tony and you, then you made the announcement over the weekend about Jordan Travis. I don't think anybody's surprised, but why did you feel like, okay, let's go ahead and just tell everybody this is what the situation is going to be. That speaks to me about your confidence level, not only in that process, but certainly in Jordan himself. Well, you know, I was asked a question in one of our uh, pr- uh, press conferences after after practice, and um, you know, it, it, I think it speaks to you know the the talent that we have in that room, the growth from you know Tate Rodemaker, the AJ Duffy. That I was asked the question, you know, if that was something that was going to be open and available. Um, you know, we're always competing, but you know, I think Jordan has clearly established himself as the as the starting quarterback here at Florida State. Really excited about uh, you know what he's shown and what he's done. Um, you know, you saw the steps that he took throughout this, the season last year. Um, and then, you know, he's really taken his game to a, to a new level, uh, you know, here in, in this offseason. And his, his understanding of the offense, the finer details, and just overall con- control and command, uh, you know, we, yes, he is being pushed daily, um, you know, by the guys that are in that quarterback room. But it's it's not so much, you know, the, the competition against each other. He is he, he's going out trying to be the best version of him. And I think he's doing a great job of leading this team. And, um, you know, so that was a question that was asked. And, you know, I just – it's a it's a pretty firm answer. You you see that in how he shows up every day, and we're excited about what Jordan brings to this team. Coach, as far as the spring game is concerned, the fact that you have not invited Andrew Adelson back to coach <laughs> should I read too much into that? <laughs> yeah, after after the Powerade shower last year, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, come on now, you can't. I mean, that was listen. It's one thing. Hey, I'm inviting you to my house, and then she comes in there and ransacks the yeah. place. I mean, no wonder why she's not coming back. But, but as far as the game goes, what can you expect? If you're a Florida State fan showing up to have some fun on Saturday, what, what can we expect? Big picture. 
Yeah, you know, it's gonna. We're gonna play this, uh, you know, as a game simulation. I mean, we're we're gonna. It's gonna be offense, defense, but um, you know, we're not breaking up. We've had a couple of guys that are uh, that will not be available there for Saturday, so we d we didn't want to break up certain position groups. So we'll just keep it offense, defense. I mean, we're gonna have some fun with it. You know, run it as a clock. You know, get some uh, great situational work. Um, you know, for our guys and an opportunity to compete in front in front of uh, you know our, our wonderful fans and everybody that's gonna be there on Saturday. We're really excited about uh, um, you know the the atmosphere that's gonna gonna be there and uh, you know for our guys to be able to get out there and uh, and go uh, you'll have some fun there Saturday night but um, you know we're, we're gonna mix it up at the end and uh, you will know, we'll, we will have some special guests that, uh, that we're, we're definitely excited and we'll probably make an announcement here later on today or tomorrow um, you know on, on on their involvement but we're, uh, we're we're excited about what the weekend holds uh, you know you're not and listen you gave me the tease on that you gave them the Heisman pose stiff arm and you yeah. guys got a couple of those yeah, give us a little hint on that okay just I mean you don't have to lay it out to the official announcement, just give us a little hint where you're going on that oh, just, special announcement. I just, I just want everybody to tune in here uh, uh, the next uh, <laughs> next 24 hours, and if you if you miss the announcement, we'll see you at five o'clock on uh, Saturday night. I okay, I'm going to be more conventional here. Um, I'm not I'm not as worried about special guests. If if I'm coming to the Garnet and Gold game Saturday afternoon, and I know your roster from a year ago, give me a guy I want to watch offensively and defensively in your mind who is going to be a surprise to the Florida State football fan that shows up to, to see the game at five? You know, to, to say a surprise, I mean, I think the thing that will, will probably stand out more than anything is just the um, – the playmaking ability, the level of depth, the competition. I mean, it's, um, you know, these, these last few years, I mean, it's been, you know, we've been limited in just in, in some of those aspects of our roster. We've been really young at positions. Right. Um, you know, I think you look at the receiver position as a whole. I mean, we brought in, you know, four transfer receivers that came in and, you yeah. know, guys – like Mike Pittman's been been remarkable this spring. You know Johnny Wilson is I mean so very impressive. You know Deuce Span. Um, you know you know Winston obviously had had um, you know the, the accident you know there this this spring where he's not available right now. But then you see the growth of guys like Ontario Wilson, uh, Malik McLean, Josh Burrell. I mean uh, you know Jakai Douglas. That depth and the explosiveness and the playmaking ability, that is something that's exciting for us. Uh, you know, obviously, Jay Sean Corbin is going to, you know, declare it and is going to the NFL, but you just see the, the, the group of running backs that we have that, uh, you know, all have their own, own unique talents and skills, but very explosive playmakers. That's, those are things that I'm, I'm excited about when it comes to our football team because we need that game-changing dynamic uh, there with what we want to do. And then defensively, it's really the same thing. I mean, our, our defensive front, uh, you know, I think it's going to be the, uh, an opportunity to be the strong of our football team, especially that D tackle spot, but guys like Jared versus transfer that's a transfer coming in, really excited about him. Uh, Dennis Briggs, it's making a transition back back out to end. Derek McClendon, his growth and development. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really fired up about uh, that defensive front and what we have, and then just the, the the depth and the playmaking ability of those guys in the back seven is uh, is, is exciting for our defense. And it's Gene Deckerhoff's final bow on Saturday, Coach. Uh, that's a that's a legacy into itself, is it not? No question. And um, you know, you 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 look at Gene and just uh, you know the career that he's had and the impact that he's had and all the yeah. great games that he's called. Um, 
but when you get to know him, and it's just the person. I mean, he yeah. is a, one of the most genuine, um, you know, people that I've ever met. Um, was, uh, you know, it was one of the things when you when he when he made the decision to uh, to retire. I mean, it's it's bittersweet. You're so you're so excited for him to be able to take that step, but uh, knowing that he's been a staple of Florida State uh, football for so long, and uh, you know, we're we're excited to be able to honor him Saturday night uh, for all the great work that he's done, and just uh, the man that who who he is. Well, that's awesome. Thanks, as always, for the time. Great to see you. We know you'll be back soon for the mug, so uh, take care. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that mug. All right, take coach. care. Mike Norvell. All right, guys, have a great one. You bet. Coach at Florida State, thank you for the time, as always. Five o'clock, Bill Roth and uh, Forrest Conley will be there for our coverage right here on ACC Network. One of six. Yeah, all ACC day. ACC football games. All day, Saturday, for spring football. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham on a Wednesday, 844-SAY-ACCN. We'll get back to your phone calls here at some point in time. We go, uh, of course, till 10 a.m. Dave Doran will join us in the Power Hour. NC yep. State spring game coming up this weekend. Yeah, 930 for Dave Doran. Uh, thanks to Ron Green Jr., Mike Norvell, off to Central New York. Kayla Trainer is back with Packer and Durham for a, a second time here. And uh, right after she got the job, she joined us. And Kayla's back. Good morning. How are you, Coach? Good morning. I'm doing great. All right. So here's the deal. And I said this during break. Have you, I mean, have you fought the urge to just grab the stick and run on the field? <laughs> I mean, have you? Come on, let's be honest. Let, I mean, because you can still play. I mean, who are we kidding here, right? And your team is 10-2 and two and you're 5-0 and oh in the league. So how many times have you just wanted to grab the stick and run on the field? <laughs> Sometimes I do, definitely. No, but um, yeah, luckily for me, I get to still play. I play on the u.s team so right. i still have that opportunity to play so when i'm here you know it's all about these guys in syracuse and um <laughs> we're just having a lot of fun together um, <laughs> with, all right with that said year one um so what's it feel like yeah. i mean i mean it is a different deal especially when you're back home per se so what's it been like um it's been awesome you know it's a really amazing group of girls that you know, love Syracuse and love lacrosse, love to compete. So we're having a lot of fun and enjoying it. And, you know, we're really looking forward to a, a big game this weekend. Has there been anything that has surprised you that maybe you didn't expect being the coach? Um, no, not really. I mean, coaching's coaching and, uh, you know, there's a lot more responsibility, but I think coaching is coaching and, and still really enjoying it. All right, but Kayla, here's the thing, and I'm not quite sure if you went down the hall and told Gary, hey, Gary, this schedule, by the way, that you, you left me here has got a few teams on it that might be pretty good. You have played nine ranked teams in your 12 games, um, and both, by the way, North Carolina this weekend. So how much of that has helped you get ready for what will be a heck of a show Saturday, but at the same time understanding kind of where all this fits in the, in the program you want to have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a philosophy that Gary had, and it's definitely one that I have as well. We want to play all the top teams in the country. And, you know, the philosophy is that if you want to be the best team, you have to be able to beat all the best. So, uh -huh. you know, we put ourselves in this opportunity to play all the top teams. And um, we're, you know, we've been able to play in a lot of close games, which is it's great for us that we have all this experience in close games, especially heading into this weekend. 
By the way, you got some time off to uh, rest the legs a little bit. Uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing before you play North Carolina? Um, it's good. It, I think the big thing for us is that it's a week where we get to prepare for a team, but also having a week of practice is great because it allows us to get better and actually improve. And that's really hard to continue to keep getting better when you have you know, a two-week, three-week game week. So um, for us, this week is huge for us, not just for this weekend playing Carolina, but for you know, the growth of the team for the rest of the season. All right, Kayla, here's the deal. Women's lacrosse in the ACC is as good as it gets nationally. We've talked about it. I mean, and you know that from working at BC and doing all these other things. But Saturday, we're talking about two teams that combined average 34 goals a game. 34. What in the world are we going to see Saturday? I mean, this thing, is this like arena football? I mean, what are we getting to ourselves into here? Is first to 20 win? I mean, where's the defense in this process? Yeah, we're going to need our, you know, our defense to really step up and, and play a great game, obviously, when you're playing such a – uh, tough opponent like UNC, but they they keep getting better and they're they're really excited to play these guys and I think they're ready and you know they're working hard to be prepared. So, you know, hopefully our defense can step up and then hopefully we can see an offensive production like you guys are talking about. You know, we're we want our girls to be confident and let it fly. Senior day, you know, sometimes that's bittersweet. You know, it's the excitement of, man, it's the last game. And all of a sudden you realize, uh-oh, it is the excitement of the last game. And on top of that, it's number one North Carolina. Uh, you've been through a couple of these before. Well, what's senior day going to be like at Syracuse? Yeah, it's funny. We actually asked the girls which game they wanted their senior day to be on. And this is the one they picked. Hmm. Huh. Um, I think they're all really excited about this game in particular, and it's just going to be a great day to honor our seniors who have done so much for this program. And, um, you know, I think for them, it's just it's an exciting factor for the game, and it's just a great way to honor them and another another reason to make this game so special. Yeah. Um, Kimber Howers played well for you in goal. We were just talking about defense. That's got to be that's got to be a huge point of emphasis moving forward this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. And. I think for her, she's just getting better every game. And, um, you know, that's been huge for us in the last two games specifically. So for her to step up and really continue to grow throughout the season, that's exactly what we want her to be doing and um, just have her feeling really confident going into this next game. Coach, what have you seen from around the league? I mean, I know the number one priority is your own team at Syracuse, and you got to contradict because, oh, by the way, number one's coming to town. But big picture, as far as the league, top to bottom, what, what do we see? I just think the biggest thing is that there's no longer any easy games. Mm. And, you know, even with Pitt adding into the conference, they're a top opponent, you know, and they're an excellent team. So I think for us playing in the ACC and really nationally across the country, but there is, you know, there's no longer any easy games. All these programs are – really taking it to another level and um, there's no clear top teams anymore. I think everybody's in the running and everybody has a chance and, you know, week in and week out you're playing against great teams and I think it's great for the girls and it's good for the game and I know our players really like it. They want good games every week, you know. So I think just in general the league has really improved and it's exciting to see just a team like Pitt be able to come in and 
compete in the ACC and, and, and take it to these top teams and, um, you know, with the addition of Clemson next year, it's, it's, it's really great for the sport and it's great for our conference. Kayla, you mentioned Clemson adding Pitt this year, Clemson next year. Um, I, I want to ask you about women's lacrosse in particular. I, we were at the Final Four for a couple of days in New Orleans, and I talked to a couple of athletic administrators at a variety of schools. It seems like this sport, this one in particular, women's lacrosse, is the one that is, if not at the top of the list of the next sport being added in Power Five schools and other Division One campuses across the country, it's pretty close. As a coach and a player on the national team, why do you think that is? Where's is it the popularity of the sport at the high school level and the youth level? Is it combined with the college? I mean, where, where do you think the trigger point is for athletic administrators that are thinking about putting this sport in play? Because we're seeing two in two years in the ACC. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the first piece of it, obviously, is a Title IX piece, which is great for sure. all of our female athletes. But I think the big piece is that we're really creating – a lot of fans and followership of our game. And it's because of these athletes, they're exciting to watch and they play an exciting brand of lacrosse. And, um, you know, men are watching, it's not just women. There's people all over the country now with the expansion of the sport going out West and in the South. So I think it's really, it's just a great game. We have, you know, people are really following particular players and the players are doing a great job of engaging fans and you know wanting to grow the game so i think for i think in general the biggest thing though is that it's really fun to watch and people enjoy watching these athletes play keller we've been asking uh, coaches for the last couple months uh this question and we really need a specific answer from you because the next time you appear <laughs> it will become a factor in our interview but we want to know what your walk-up music is for you specifically what 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 gets you absolutely jacked up on game day or just coming to work every day what is it my yes yeah. I'm sorry. yes <laughs> um oh gosh i don't know I, I listen to a lot of different music. I like, you know, I would say my walk-up song would got to be rap or something like that. I don't know. Rap. But I listen to it all country. What, you name what, it. I listen to pick one. We only playing. need one, no, Kayla. We don't, need the, we don't need the catalog. We're just looking for the, a song. The next time you appear on the show, uh, just song? like we did with Mike Norvell, he had we played that funky music, White Wild Boy. Cherry. That's what he wanted. Yeah, so it was Wild Cherry. <laughs> you, you get your song on the show. So, I mean, you got to pick one here. you got to pick one. No. Um, God, this is hard. Maybe some DMX song. I don't know. Uh, all right. All right. We're, we're here for you. Yeah. Kayla, we're here for you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Do. You yeah. got it. <laughs> hey, uh, good luck Saturday. We're looking forward to following the rest of this season for everybody in the ACC. It's been a, as you said earlier, it's been a terrific campaign for the conference and, uh, not just the rest of the conference schedule, but certainly and beyond too. So thanks again. Thank you so much. You bet. Good Kayla. luck. Kayla Trainer, man, they're playing great. No that's surprise. Some, that's some kind of game now. It's a great game, and we've said this before. At Syracuse, lacrosse is just not another sport. No. It, it is personal at yeah. lacrosse. Uh, men's side, women's side, they take a great deal of pride in their great tradition and history, as they should. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. North Carolina, Syracuse. It's on ESPNU, by the way, 2 o'clock on Saturday. The Packer and Durham Podcast. 